Well, it's certainly been another big week at ABSA headquarters. Uh, registrations have closed for our virtual duty of care workshop, which is on the 4th of March. Our full year webinar bundle early bird special expires this Sunday, and we've had over 90 schools register, which has just been incredible. And it was the last opportunity to register for our two certificate courses that begin next week. This week on the podcast, I spoke with Dee Gilmont Rogerson, uh, head of boarding at Christchurch Girls High School and the national coordinator of the NZ Boarding Schools Association. We had a fabulous chat. Uh, Dee is an incredibly passionate and knowledgeable lady uh, within our industry. And it was brilliant to hear about the New Zealand Boarding Schools Association and to be able to compare that to ABSA. Uh, We spoke about the challenges New Zealand boarding schools faced through COVID, the future of boarding in New Zealand, uh, a range of different boarding conferences and getting up to a bit of mischief with our own Tommy Dunsmore. I loved Dee's five top tips for anyone that's looking at getting into boarding. Uh, We even tried to get Dee to sing a song that she's known for, I'd even say all over the world. Um, That's a bit of a joke, Uh, but you'll you'll understand if you hear the podcast. Um, Finally, and we didn't have a huge amount of time, and I wish we did, because firstly, it's fitting uh, with the the 10 years on since since the anniversary of the earthquake in in Christchurch, Um, but it did limit the amount of time and detail that we could have gone into discussing the incidents that devastated firstly Christchurch obviously uh, but also the world through the earthquakes and then the fatal shooting at the mosque. Dee was incredibly honest with me Uh, we could have spoken for hours. Um, It was heartbreaking to hear firsthand what happened Uh, and speaking with someone who was in the environment when it was all going on Um, and I really do thank Dee for sharing that with us. Uh, So I hope you all enjoy the podcast. Welcome and welcome. We're about to launch into the ABSA podcast series called On Duty. Thank you for joining. Here we go. So welcome back everyone to the ABSA podcast series called On Duty. Uh, it's fantastic to be interviewing Dee Guillemot Rogerson today, uh, head of boarding at Christchurch Girls High School and the national coordinator of the New Zealand Boarding Schools Association. Dee, thank you so much for joining us today. No worries. Looking forward to a chat, Jared. I must start with, how's the weather over there? I can only assume it's cold, cold and rainy. No, hot. Is that well, right? Well, yeah, I think, up... I think we're even in the 20s today. Oh, is everyone, everyone okay over there? Yeah, no, we've all got our sunblock on. At <laughs> 22, actually, it is. It's, um, it's absolutely pouring down here today, so we've swapped, we must have swapped for the day. Well, it never rains in Christchurch. You're thinking of Auckland. <laughs> um, so, Dee, for those that may not, too, may not know too much about you, um, we'd love to hear about your background in, in boarding. Am I, am I correct in saying you started out at Rangi Ruru Girls School as a house tutor? Yes. How did you get that info, Jared? I'm pretty good, Dee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was studying, I did social work. So while I was doing that, I lived at Rangi, and as you said, I was a house tutor there. So I actually lived in a house that they owned with five year 13 girls yeah cool how, how was that experience for you oh it was great yeah. it was fun I could almost go as far to say <laughs> not, a, not a lot of responsibility being a house tutor um, <laughs> but a, a lot of good experience actually and that's when I did decide while I was there that it was actually a career that I wanted to move into yeah sure and you've, you've been at Christchurch Girls for is it 24 years now 
Yeah, so 1997 I started, um, but I did have a three-year break, 2004 to 2007, but then came back. And yeah. so what's kept you at Christchurch Girls? Uh, the girls, I'd have to say, they're fantastic. Um, we don't have a lot of issues, touch wood, and any we do have, I would say we're a relatively minor. Um, we, we're lucky in the respect that at Christchurch Girls, we are the only state boarding school in Christchurch for girls. So we have between 60 to 70 applications each year for 20 spaces. Um, so the part of marketing in my job is almost non-existent, which I think makes things easier. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've always been lucky enough to have principals that are very supportive of boarding, yet are happy to give us the autonomy to do what we feel needs to be done around here. We're off-site, so yeah. our girls walk for 25 minutes to school each day. And so how do you determine um, which girls get the 20 spaces? Well, if you ask anyone else in New Zealand, it would be only the top rugby players get to come here. But I, I argue that fact. <laughs> um, we do have a lot of the top rugby players here, but that isn't one of the criteria, although I do like to win. Um, so we, well, what we look at is the whole picture. Like academics um, is not a huge part of what I look for, to be honest. I look for girls that are going to be well-rounded and busy. So hence we do end up with a lot of sporting girls. Um, distance, we look at distance a wee bit. We are the in-zone school for the Chatham Islands too. So even though we don't have to take the girls that apply from there, um, we do look pretty closely at them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And do you've been the national coordinator of the New Zealand Boarding Schools Association for 10 years now. So congratulations to you on that. Um, congratulations or commiserations? No, congratulations, of course. Tell <laughs> <laughs> us um, about your time as, as, the, as the national coordinator. Um, I kind of fell in the role, to be honest. It was 2011, so after the big earthquakes we had here, I... Um, went to a couple of places around New Zealand speaking about those and what we did. And then a few that were on the executive at the time suggested that I apply for the role. So I did. And I think that's probably what keeps me fresh in my role at Christchurch Girls as well, is that I'm interacting with all the other schools. So learning a lot from them, from things they do well and things they don't do quite so well, perhaps. Yeah. Um. How have you seen the boarding industry in New Zealand change over that 10 years, 10 year window? Um, probably the biggest change would have to be the director of boarding roles, I think. A mm -hmm. um, lot more when I first started, it was very much a pastoral care role, but you just find now it's just more and more admin. I think we're dealing with a whole different generation that are used to being connected 24 seven, that type of thing. Um, I'm not sure whether the students have become more precious, but the parents certainly have. Who listens to this, Jared? <laughs> we'll make sure no parents. <laughs> no, it's, it's mostly just our, mostly just our, our boarding staff. Right, right. I mean, we used to have the big thing was the helicopter parenting for a while, but we tend to call it now you've got the snowplow parents. So they come through and just push any issues, problems out of the way so that the 
students don't have to deal with it. So I think that's probably what boarding staff are dealing with more and more than what they used to in the past is the parenting side of things. And so would that would the parenting be the biggest challenge that you see boarders boarding facing over in New Zealand? Um, I think for boarding staff, perhaps. I think for us staff that have been in it a while, you become pretty um, direct in telling parents how things need to be. Um, but new people to the role, I think it's hard for them when they're dealing with that. Mm. Um. Before we talk a little bit about um, some of the events that have happened in Christchurch, I'd love to just hear uh, what legacy you'd like to be remembered as um, at, at, during your time at, from, at the NZBSA. Oh, with the association? Um, I, think, I think the biggest change for us is opening up more professional development avenues. When We've been working for years on getting a decent qualification going. And we launched that last year with the Open Polytech here. And that was something that I feel now after that much time that if I did decide to leave, I feel that we've actually done something and progressed quite a way, I think. And I know Richard's also mentioned a number of times um, that you've got the association into a very strong financial position. So, yeah, congratulations to you and your team on that. Um, Thank you. Certainly tragic times back in, was it November, December 2010, and then again in February 2011 with the earthquakes. Um, can you share a little bit with all of us over here in Australia about, you know, exactly what went on, how that affected all of your boarding schools? Um, I'll start off with the first one, which was in the August. Yeah, um, I Yeah, that's fine. Um, I was actually in the States settling my son into boarding school at a high school over there at the time. And I was in a dance class and I had looked down at my phone and I had five missed calls from Ackland, which was the middle of the night here, um, and got on and said that had that first earthquake. The biggest thing that we learnt from from that is the way the ground rolled on that particular earthquake, it set the fire alarms off. So the girls went into fire mode. And so we're in an um, old house that was built in the 1800s. So the brick chimneys were falling down on them. But of course, the fire alarms went off. So they went into fire mode, not earthquake mode. And what I think from that, I guess the emergency procedures changed a lot from how we had them, I think. Um, we had to train the girls a lot differently. I We had to order a whole lot of bunks from this while I was over in the States, that sort of thing. But that one was certainly not as horrific. And it was in the weekend, so we didn't have as many girls in. So none of the Christchurch schools had as many in. And then we kind of got over that. The, the February one was the big one. Um, I It was a PPTA meeting here, so the Teachers Association meeting. So the girls had been sent back here. And at that time, I was the only staff member on because usually the girls were at school during that time. And I had been grumpy, actually, and told them they weren't allowed to go to the malls or anything because they were untidy. <laughs> so they, the whole hundred of them were home with me. It was just me and all the girls. And um, I... All as I, I'll never forget it, the look on the year nine's eyes, actually. They were just, they were so scared. And I couldn't actually walk up the stairs in the old house because it was moving so much. 
I had to crawl up the stairs to get to the girls. And um, they all wanted to come to me, of course, because they were year nine. So we're talking February. They'd only been in here three weeks, I think, when the earthquake hit. Um, and so I checked on them and then had to go through the seniors. And I said to the year 13s, I said, well, girls, you have to help me. I'm the only adult here. And they said, please don't make us leave our rooms. And I said, well, you have to. And so they did. The poor chef, the, there's all, there's always something funny that happens. I stuck my head in the kitchen. I said, are you guys all right? And the chef said, no, the beat has fallen on my leg. And I said, well, toughen the hell up. I've got girls to look after. <laughs> so, he's not with us anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there were things like that. And just um, we got the girls. So what happened was we lost all communication as well, which we you don't really plan for an emergency. Um, the first contact we had with the outside world was I grabbed my laptop when we went out to our emergency area and my son, who was in the States, rang through on Skype and one of the girls said, oh, Gilly, Josh is ringing. And he was the first person we were able to make contact with. And he'd been sent a message from New Zealand saying, is your mum all right? The city's fallen down. Um, so we had all the dust and that coming over us because we're just on the outskirts of the city. But we didn't realise that it was from all the buildings that had fallen down. Yeah. So, as I said, we were lucky because all the girls were here. There was only two girls we couldn't account for. There were three round at Boys High and the other two off-site had gone out rowing without adults and they were out at the rowing place on their own and they had to get from there back to Ackland by foot and they saw a lot of things that was pretty tough for them in the buildings coming down. But, yeah. Yeah, I bet, you know, there's so many different questions that we can we can, we can, we can talk about this all day. Um, but the one thing I can say, Jared, is what every school should have in their emergency kit, which they probably don't, or New Zealand ones probably do now, is um, lollipops of some form. Now, they were a saviour for our girls because I just happened to have a whole lot of chubba chub lollipops on my desk and it actually calmed them considerably having something to suck on. Is that right? Mm. Wow. Mm. So that's a, that, that's my suggestion. Every school should have lollipops in their emergency kits. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Dee, was your school itself was it was it was it completely damaged or um, the outskirts of it, or did you just our our actual boarding our school was pretty good. Our boarding the boarding part we um, everything was closed for four weeks anyway. But we mainly had superficial damage. It was the earthquake. We had two in the June that were straight after each other, and that's what really did us in. Um, and so from that, we were out of the boarding school for five years. We had some of our girls were living over at the university, and as staff, we rotated over there. I know my son, who was about nine at the time, he was sleeping on the floor over there. And um, at one stage, I had 14 girls in my house and bunks and things. And so we were without a proper kitchen for five years. But the girls just became more resilient. They never complained. You get the odd parent complaint, but the girls never complained themselves. It was just the way it was. And they got on with that. And now we've got a stunning boarding school. So yeah, awesome. it's yeah. As you say, certainly, there, you know, we can't even imagine what, it, what, it, what, it, what it's like to go through that. So, and the resilience that yourself, your team, your, the girls would have shown is, yeah, certainly brings you closer together, I imagine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Thanks um, for bringing it up, though. I hadn't really thought about it for a while. So yeah. now I probably won't sleep for the next week. So thanks for that. <laughs> Come on, dude. Don't be like that to me. <laughs> well, while we're talking about shocking incidents, I can talk about another one then. <laughs> the moss? <laughs> yeah. Um, if we if we fast forward to the 15th of March, 2019, um, and yeah, that disgrace of an Aussie uh, go through and, and obviously shoot up the two mosques. Can you tell us about that experience then and what that did to the, to, to the body, to, to, just to the community, I guess? Um, yeah, well, it was horrific, actually. There's no other way to describe it. Um, obviously, we went into lockdown. We didn't have many girls here, but our school, Christchurch Girls, is very close to the mosque shooting, the main one. Yeah. Um, so they had a lot a lot of police and that around there. It was pretty scary for the girls. Yeah. You practice a lockdown for what do we do? Probably when we have our drills, you go into lockdown for maybe 15 minutes max. Four hours is a really, really, really long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, the girls, oh, do you know what? I think when things like this happen, I think, think boarding is just an amazing place. We actually had a death at our school, one of the year 13s this year, a car crash, well, actually two days ago. Oh, and I was, I was just saying to a parent this morning, look, boarding is amazing when it comes to dealing with that sort of thing. The girls have each other to lean on. They have the staff to lean on. And I think sometimes it's a damn sight easier for them to come to terms with things like that, mm. just with that support. Um, this, yeah, it's, there was a lot of um, day girls that were affected by the mosque shootings with family, cousins, um, extended family. So it was hard. It was it was hard. Um, parents are the hardest to deal with in those things because you have them coming into town demanding to get in or demanding that they get a guitar out of a room because they have to have that when they do get the, you know, silly things like that. Um, but the girls, I think the students are incredible. And I think it probably united a lot of the schools. I don't know if you know much about Christchurch, but it's very much a old boys network in our city. I'm not from here, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> So I think it may have broken down a few barriers when it comes to the rivalry between the schools because they banded together to support each other and attend memorials, things like that. Mm. I don't. There's not much Christchurch hasn't dealt with, Jared. Oh, That's why we're such outstanding people. Absolutely, Dean. Certainly won't <laughs> agree with that, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, oh, as you said, you keep going back to that word resilience like it's, yeah. As, as, well, and as far as um, staff go, you you could not pay for the PD that we've had in Christchurch Absolutely. dealing with emergencies. Absolutely, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, as you know, we could talk about this all day. I know we asked asked run for a little bit of time, so we'll push on to a bit more of a um, a brighter segment. Um, it's called yep. our fast five segment. So. This is where we have a few of our listeners. They send in questions, um, and five questions. Some are boarding related, some aren't boarding related. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yep. Okay. Question one. Your favourite place in New Zealand? Queenstown. Beautiful spot. Question two. You played representative hockey, softball, and rugby. Which was your favourite? Uh, oh, when I was younger, probably softball. But as I got a bit older um, in Canterbury, I did a lot of coaching for hockey. 
Um, rugby, I preferred the sevens part of it, which obviously I'd just like to point out, well, we were second in New Zealand last year, but my girls did win it the year before. Um, so I think probably now I, I really enjoy watching the girls play sevens. So I think all three sports have had their place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question three, your, fa- your favourite boarding conference that you've attended? Oh, all of them. <laughs> um, they were a lot more fun before I was running them, I have to say. <laughs> uh, nothing beats the Gold Coast EBSA ones, so I suggest you move back to the Gold Coast because it's so much more fun for us Kiwis. <laughs> well, hopefully we can get you guys over here and we can have another one of those soon, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, Question four, your favourite holiday destination? Oh, um, probably New York. Yeah, Richard, Richard put a bet down that, that that'd be your answer. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> he knows me quite well. Um, D, that makes two of us my favourite place as well. Uh, oh, and question okay. four, we'll see how we go here, but our listeners want to hear about you and the song Shut Up and Dance With Me. <laughs> We no, are. the listeners don't. Richard and Tom want to hear about it. <laughs> Can we have a bit of a tune? No, not at all. Uh, what's the time there? Uh, 1.26. So at about a few, in about 14 hours time, I'd probably sound quite good. But right now it would be terrible. <laughs> no. Um, so then we're just, um, now we're going to move on to our story time. Um, we all know that everyone loves a story. and um, We're hoping that you might have a story throughout your time in boarding and funny be serious and be taking the mickey out of someone. Do you have a story that you can share with us that my listeners might enjoy? A few nights out with Tom that I spring to mind, but we probably won't go into that. That doesn't, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't think. Uh, look, I I just love it. I love boarding. Yeah. I I begged my parents to let me go to boarding school and they wouldn't let me. They said that they didn't have children to send them away. Um, and now, 40 years later, I'm still saying that they ruined my life, not letting me go to boarding school. Let's finish with asking um, your five top tips for someone that is looking at getting into boarding. So for someone that is, is, is so passionate about it, hopefully these might be fairly easy for you. Um, do you have five top tips that you can pass on to someone who's looking at getting into boarding? Um, the, f- the first thing would be, obviously, that it is a lifestyle more than a career. So you have to be passionate about it. And I think if you're passionate about it, it's going to work. Um, people say, oh, I'm just like a mother to them or I'm just like a father. Well, actually, you're not. They they actually have parents. <laughs> um, and you have to be passionate about it. Um, you have to have a thick skin. Yep. And you... I think you need to be prepared to stick by your own values rather than buying into what parents are telling you you should be doing. And just you just got to care about the students. If you care about them, everything works out, I think. How many is that? That's four. Got one more. <laughs> um, and if you want to become rich from it, you need to be the executive of EBSA. <laughs> oh, it won't like that one. 
um, I think it is it is actually more a career now than what it was when I first came into it. It was kind of something people fell into, or a lot of people was PE teachers that had decided they were too old to teach PE anymore, went into boarding. And I think that's the type of personality that's attracted to it for some reason, isn't it? Like a lot of people in boarding are very sporty or were sporty. Um, yeah, they were dumb, Jared. <laughs> like, do you know what? This could have been the best interview you ever had if I'd had these questions beforehand. <laughs> no, it, it, it has been fabulous. And as I said, we could have gone in so many different um, pathways with, with it all. Um, but, Dee, that's the end of the podcast today. Um, thank you so much for, for your time and an insight into your journey, um, but also what's going on in Christchurch. You know, we certainly feel for you guys over there and what you've had to go through. Um, it certainly would have been incredibly tough, uh, and you're here, all, you're here on the other side. Um, and then when we take our hats off to you. So thank you so much for your insights and your honesty and vulnerability with speaking about it with us today. No worries. Thanks, Jared. To all the listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our page on duty on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the ABSA website, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of On Duty. We hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.